Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the ice full. Life from the Well is looking for sponsors. If you would like to get your name out there, we'd love to give you a shout out. Contact us at lifefromthewell.com. All right, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Life from the Well. I'm your barback, Peter. And I'm your bartender, Joey. Today, we have Travis Hill joining us, a fellow bartender. Travis, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Travis, uh, with the beginning of the show uh, and with our guests, what we like to do is just hear a little bit about your uh, your resume. Mm. Okay. So, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the industry. What got you started? Um, I think I got a little bit later start than a lot of bartenders do because I was probably if not 30, in my early 30s. And I had been living in L.A. and wanted to move away um, and take a break from the work I was doing in L.A. And I had a friend who owned a bar in a small town in Washington, Walla Walla. Hmm. And so I went to work for him, first in the kitchen and then doing some bar backing and then ended up bartending and did that uh, five nights a week for two years there and loved it. And then so when I went back to what I was doing in L.A. here in Seattle... I continued to moonlight as a bartender and work part-time at uh, various bars and then the occasional wedding, catering, things like that. But, nice. Yeah. With, um, with that first bar mm-hmm. that, you, that you worked at, how many years did you work at there? I worked there for two years, um, yeah. very briefly as a prep cook and dishwasher, but I was no good at that. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm very natural around bars and um, started bar backing more. And then the cooks there joked, used to make fun of me because they were always upset when people were taken from the back of the house to the front of the house because they're always looking for good employees to work in the kitchen. Mm. And people always want to work in the front of the house because it's maybe a little more lively and there's often more money there. And they joked that I was the only person that they were excited went to the front of the house because <laughs> I wasn't that fast of a prep cook. I wasn't bad. I didn't make mistakes, but I was really slow. And they liked the drinks I made for them a lot more than they liked the food I prepped for them. <laughs> so I, that was definitely my natural space was there nice. behind the bar. Yeah. You, well, having worked with you for a couple of years now, I, I definitely can see that you'd be much better in the front of the house rather than the back of the house. Absolutely. I mean, I've never had anything you've ever cooked, so I yeah. can't say that you're a bad cook, but uh, you are very much a people person yeah i would somehow find myself walking out of the back from the dish pit in the prep area and be talking to people which is not what you're supposed yeah, to no. be doing <laughs> but it's great for a bartender it's do you exciting. think that for might sure. have to do a little bit with how they were happy about you leaving the back of the house yes yeah, probably because yeah. <laughs> you were never in the <laughs> yeah it, it was not the right fit for me that's for sure but, but i did learn some knife skills and some things that uh, helped me out so it was great coming useful in the bartender yeah. days well, I was going to say, I, found, I have found the gift of gab definitely does come in useful as a bartender, you know, yeah. to, to always be able to find uh, something to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm doing so good. <laughs> yeah, I would say that actually that's probably my favorite part. Like, mm, as much as I love cocktails and researching booze and, mm-hmm. and doing kind of that uh, more uh, craft work mm-hmm. that you do, um, my favorite part is just uh, talking with people whether it be meeting strangers or at almost every bar I've worked at, there's been a, a, a large group of regulars that have become sometimes literally friends of mine and other times just feel like friends of mine. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, being uh, working at the hotel where I met Joey, mm-hmm. uh, being the bartender there, I know that, that Joey and I, we made quite a few friends that were regulars that would come in like once or twice a month. To, to stay there for like three or four days mm-hmm. and they would come down to the bar just to hang out with us. Like yeah. They'd be like, yeah, give me a yeah. beer, whatever. I don't care. You, you pick something for me. Who's working? Yeah. When yeah. You start, yeah. It's cool I've been get... on the other side of that too where you start to know bartender schedules because you kind of get friends with them and if you're hanging out at home by yourself, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll go down and see if Joey and Peter are working someone yeah. to chat with and hang right. with. It makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. So, Yeah. In fact, I have uh, two godsons out in um, the Tri-Cities and one of their moms, uh, who I met while working at the bar in Walla Walla, she always jokes that people ask, like, oh, where'd you meet the godfather of your kids? She's like, 
in a bar. And she's like, <laughs> but he worked there. You, know, like, you knew the whole situation. He's he friended my whole family. Yeah, so there's well, a lot more to the story than that. But. I met my wife in the bar, so that's, yeah. that's all right. True story. Yeah. 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 I, met, I was bartending, and she was eating dinner. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. I met my ex-wife in a bar. Nice. She was working. I was a regular. So. Yeah. Joey was really funny. He comes up to me. He's like, hey, hey, uh, can you there. cover the, the bar for a few minutes? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk her and her friends back to their car. Nice. <laughs> I was like... It was raining. I had to carry an umbrella for him. <laughs> so you owe Peter everything. I owe him quite a bit. Yeah, that was actually a big. Uh, that was a big, a big favor. Yeah. <laughs> I've long said though, like I think uh, one of the most important parts of being a bartender is is the social aspect. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be able to talk to people and love it, and you know, control that crowd. You know, you can teach a monkey how to make a drink. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it's that energy you get from connecting with other people, you know, it's, I mean, you, you have to kind of be an extrovert, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you feed off of it, right? You mm-hmm. know, and, and it, it kind of almost gives you purpose in your day sometimes. You know, yeah. on, your, on your low days, you go to work and you you get all this joy from people. Yeah, and I, that's why I find myself drawn back to it, um, even, you know, even when I don't, often I, I'm drawn back to it because I need the money, hmm. but that's I'm often helpful. drawn back to it, yeah, because I miss that, uh, interaction and the, mm-hmm. uh, my my day job that I've been doing off and on for a long time I love it but it's a very small group of people and we only interact with each other every day mm-hmm. and as much as I might like those people it's not the same as meeting strangers right. or seeing like a diverse group of people come constant. through every day yeah right. and I think yeah I, I feed off that and I think not just for work but also in my regular life too like mm-hmm. I like that interaction it allows me to go home and actually read a book and settle down at the end of the night so yeah I like that it seems that no matter where you've gone even out of the service industry you still keep that bartender with you because yeah. it's just part of part of the personality that's Absolutely. really cool yeah that's, that's awesome fun. man yeah. <clears throat> and then another part of that that goes along with that too is in which your story touches on is the co-workers like that camaraderie is very special I think in the service industry mm-hmm. and that and the last bar I worked at regularly um, there was only one bartender one bartender one cook it was a small neighborhood bar and I loved it because I got to do everything and run around the regulars were great but I found myself missing having that person standing next to you in the bar. Mm-hmm. If someone's driving you crazy, you can go over and just make a wise crack about, and all of a sudden it releases that tension, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, that's great. That's a kind of, and especially when it gets really busy, that camaraderie comes in very handy. So, Absolutely. So. I like that, uh, the restaurant I'm at right, I'm at right now. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, where our bar and our kitchen is like an L shape. Mm-hmm. So you're in the bar and then you take a left and you're in the kitchen. It's just, it's just a whole, it's one path essentially. And so I get to do that with my line cuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you were going to be all stressful and then I finish my rush and my group of tickets and everything's cool, then I'll walk over and they're all busy. But then I, you know, and you're like, hey, you get to, yeah. you guys have fun. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. The little behind the scenes is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Absolutely. cool. Being a bartender, probably for how, how many years actually would you say? Um, I started bartending in 2011, mm-hmm. and I've the majority of the time since then I've had a job. Sure. So two years full time, and then part time for another f- five. Am I doing that math right? <laughs> and then some, yeah. As I said, then some weddings and catering and sure. that too. Don't you, you, you work did it? with numbers all? I did, <laughs> <laughs> but I have Excel. <laughs> I have Excel. <laughs> it, yeah. Did you do other service industry jobs before you bartended to kind of work your way into it? Or? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, well, sort of. I did. So the reason I'd never bartended or really waited tables or anything like that mm-hmm. before was because at a young age, I, like two days after I turned 16, I started at a movie theater mm-hmm. and I worked in a movie theater for off and on. Oh, for that was my dream years. job when I was like 16. <laughs> yeah. that was, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was mine too. That's why I got it right that's away. Awesome. Um, and so when other people were, you know, uh, first getting started and were, you know, in college busting tables or prep cooking or doing mm-hmm. some of those jobs, um, I was in a movie theater the sure. whole time. Nice. Yeah. But I always really wanted to work in a bar or restaurant and really loved it. And I had friends in college who, and my ex-wife who worked in bars and I always just thought it looked so great, mm-hmm. but I was too, too deep into the movie theater game. <laughs> I couldn't enough. switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Popcorn smelling tentacles were in me and holding me down. So. <laughs> <laughs> my bar is right next to a movie theater and they have chocolate popcorn 
every day I'm walking to work, you just smell that chocolate popcorn as you walk by. I was just there last night. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Do you want to know how the movie ended? No. (laughs) I mean, part of it's already been spoiled because I have the internet, but... Wolverine dies. (laughs) (laughs) The winter walkers come. (laughs) Did I get that joke right? Good enough. Close. Good enough. But... There's other stuff. I, I, th- I think actually the Winter Walkers works better. Okay. Actually, I think as far as this recording goes, I don't think your spoilers are going to matter. By the time it's released. By the time it's released. Yeah. Uh, you're only going to ruin it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else has seen it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just Joey. Oh, please don't say anything. I won't. I won't. All right. Fair well, enough. You know, what's, seen it? what's his name gets crushed by a boulder. So. Yes. Yeah. Arya. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, now, now what are we talking about? <laughs> I haven't seen any Game of Thrones, which Peter knows. So that's, that was the Winter Walker joke. <laughs> I can't spoil something I haven't seen. That's all right. I could spoil that. Mm-hmm. Oh, a couple of us will. I don't think we'll, I would spoil anything either because by the time this release will be. A couple of the yeah, guys that work and I will like, walk into, into Travis's office and we'll be like, yeah, so Game of Thrones last night was awesome. And Travis is like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Do you have to talk about it in the door to my office? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the movie theater thing that also led to, I worked at SIF for a while and that was a great combination because they have beer and wine there. Mm-hmm. And so you can like, not only was I working in movie theaters, which I love doing, but then you're also kind of pouring beer and wine mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more of, stepping into that world a little bit. Yeah. It's not like working for Regal cinemas when right. you work in a film festival, it's much more sociable mm-hmm. and you see the same people over and over and over again. Cause there's people that see a hundred movies in a film fest. Totally. Yeah. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. I bet that's a little stressful, though. Um, I th- I think it would be for me. It was kind of coming from a busy bar, and the fact that it was I was doing it more or less for the fun of it. And they had, um, I was volunteering, and then they'd asked me. They found out I had a Mass Twelve license for liquor, and had worked in movie theaters, so they asked me to work it. So I was. It was kind of pressure free for me. It was just a lot of fun, and I was used to in the in the grand scheme of busy environments, the movie theaters yeah. pretty handleable. Compared to a really bad bar rush, or when you have like you just get five, that one big crowd, when you have five go. tables seated at once, yeah. as opposed oh. to at five separate times, yeah. you know mm-hmm. those heart yeah. racing moments. When I worked at the the first bar I ever worked at, I think the busiest day I can remember, Peter Frampton was playing at the college right next door to the bar I worked at. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, <clears throat> bless you. And um, it was this thing where everybody in the town, when because it, it's such a small town, that anybody who comes there. Uh, like Peter Frampton or at one point Ziggy Marley came everybody in the town goes and sees this concert right because they're all pretty um, uh, uh, they're craving music more than the sort of out of the way town provides and so Peter Frampton came and an hour before he went on stage everybody showed up in the bar and we we were empty and all of a sudden we were just full and then and they just all came. They all needed food. They all needed drinks. They all needed their check. They all needed to leave because Peter Frampton was in town. Mm-hmm. And then so, and then we had a little break while he played. And then we knew it was coming back. And sure enough, everybody returned from the Peter Frampton. And all of a sudden, for the last hour, we were open. We were just packed with everybody again. Nice. And you know, we awesome. I, we sold like record sales, but we did it within mm-hmm. the span of two hours yeah. separated and so from that point on at that job we always called it getting Framptoned where we like if all of a sudden you were like just chilling and goofing around all of a sudden next thing you know you were slammed and you weren't really mentally prepared for it you're like oh I got Framptoned yeah. that's funny I, I do like that about the service industry too it's like mm-hmm. those little those little idiosyncrasies and, and whatnot. it's like you know something like that where mm-hmm. you, Peter Frampton comes in and something happens and then from that point forward you have a, a joke, an in, inside joke, where it's yeah. just like, oh, dude, I just got Frampton last night. Yeah. And you end up <laughs> yeah. with your own little language. Yeah. Which, which there's kind of a language to serving anyways, like uh, uh, 86 store. Tables um, or tops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All day. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, um, things like that, that you sort of learn when you're in the service industry. And then within each establishment. Fire, fire this on the rail. Yep, <laughs> it's on the rail, and then um, on the fly. Mm. But and within the um, each business, then there's an, another sec, you know, set of uh, language that's just for those people sure. and everything. That's part of that camaraderie, specific so. lingo. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, life. <laughs> yeah, there it from is. the well. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my question is. Have I cried working at the bar or have I yes. cried at the bar yes. because I was there drinking? Yes. Both. <laughs> yes. 
I think only the latter. Sometime mm. in one night. I was crying. <laughs> yeah. The boss is like, all right, Travis, isn't it? Get off. And then I clock out and I just walk around the other side of the bar and keep crying. Give <laughs> <laughs> poor <me> a shot. <laughs> yeah. that, that is one thing we said, like, that, uh, when we were living in that small town and we all hung out in the bar, like, me and my friends would always, my friend, uh, my boss, who is a friend of mine who owned the bar, would be like, do you want to go home? And I'm like, well, one side of the bar or the other. <laughs> I'm not going home. Just down, you want me to stand back here or sit right there? Because this is where I hang out. This I don't is... want to walk through my front door until 3 a.m. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, yeah. It's not set up for that. I don't have a couch. <laughs> There's not a TV there. Yeah. I only sleep there. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, I used to, you know, I used to work at a bar a restaurant down in SeaTac. And so I'd, we'd get off work 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I'd head home. Well, at the, at this point in my life, I was a little bit destitute living with my parents, you know, I was in a bad situation. So I didn't want to go home. You were a millennial. Mm-hmm. Te- <laughs> technically yeah, I am, no but deal. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said living with your parents. Is just, but no, just, I was the day uh, and age we live in. I was, I was just in the, saving I was money for to buy a house. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Uh, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in a situation where I, I had to live with my parents, and so I didn't want to go home right after work because I didn't want to deal with my folks. And so there was this bar, uh, Schmoopers um, Schmail House, <laughs> but happy was, hour from four to six. <laughs> <laughs> there was this bar. Come on was, down, we got karaoke on Wednesdays. I think they did, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would go to this bar every single night, and I got to know the bartenders. Like we were talking, like you were talking about earlier, where you get to become the regular, or you get to know the regulars, and they become your friends. And I got to know the bartenders really well and some of the regulars really well. And it was just, it was, that was like my safe place to go to after work. And like you said, you know, it's like, well, this side or that side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going home. Like that was, I would go from work from being behind the bar to another bar and I'm sitting in front of the bar. And yeah. It was just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad that I had those people to go to. That actually reminds me of a, a story that, but kind of the reverse effect of that where there was a bar not too far from where I live now. And at the time I was working at a place in Belltown, but I started going to this other bar because it was just the perfect, just this neighborhood bar, straightforward, decent food and everything. And I befriended a couple of the bartenders. And so that started to be my spot where I went in to kill time. And one day I saw the owner in there and I'm like, oh, he looks kind of familiar, but he has a familiar face. And so I didn't think too much of it. And then uh, one day we were sitting there and he sat down next to me and he's like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so told me you're a regular here. And we started talking and he's like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm like, where do you teach? He's like, oh, out at Newport High School. And I'm like, oh, I went to Eastlake High School. And he goes, oh, my first year teaching is at Inglewood. And I'm like, Mr. Richards. <laughs> I'm like, you are my seventh grade drama teacher. That's hilarious. And so my seventh grade drama teacher owned this bar that I ended up becoming a regular at and like oh, befriending shit. everybody. And him and I became friends. I was going to say rekindle, but I don't think we were really friends when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we became friends. And then and, and I ended up working at that bar. Like one of the my friends who managed it got me a job there and he was happy to have me work there. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of those situations where it was the reverse, where I was just going in there and I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this place more than the yeah. place I'm working at sure. now. And, and I became friends with the regulars before I even worked there. So like there was this sort of this built in, like there wasn't the, the new guy uh, learning curve that mm-hmm. I had. So yeah, it was great. Part yeah, of that I love the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Awesome. That was great. Yeah. And that's I probably cool. would still be working there to this day, but he sold it not too long ago. Cause mm. Oh, <clears> was, was that the place? Yeah. Okay. I think you've been there. Yeah. What but, place? yeah. Oh, uh, <clears throat> it's called, it was called Union Bar. I think it's, yeah. 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 So it's, it's not too far no, from, from where we work. And, and Delta? Had, no, it's in, uh, Hillman City. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. That. It's South Rainier. Yeah. Okay. It was. It's a nice little place, or it yeah. was a nice little place. Yeah, it's very. The people who bought it, um, it's very similar. Um, yeah. I'm not working there, but it's. <laughs> but don't hold that against. Them. Are Are you currently working any shifts at a I'm, bar? I'm currently anything? this yeah. weekend. I'm doing catering at a theater, like a live theater, mm-hmm. and it's not catering. I ju- there's no food. I just do bartending. But yeah. Doing bartending. But catering. you're part of like a catering company. Yeah. Kind of An event. Event staff. Exactly. Yeah. We've done yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I went to a wedding um, of a coworker of Peter Mines not too long ago, and it was being catered by that company. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I do I, some work for you guys." I know you? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, but I, but I, having said that, and like, I like their job and it's fun. But I, 
absolutely like there are no regulars in catering Mm -hmm. you know and so i much prefer working in and i'm still look like i'm kind of looking around near my house to see if there's a bar that i'd like to work at that where there's regulars pick up a regular night or two yeah or in in the neighborhood i used to work at so my old regulars would come and hang out with me see me right case in point right here on this episode yeah (laughs) peter drops his phone (laughs) right in the middle of a story yeah thanks so you know travis i know that you have a very uh well-educated palate as far as cocktails go (laughs) um i know that you enjoy a lot of different cocktails well refined educated same thing i guess um what are some of your your favorite drinks that you like um well, I would like. I think my favorite go-to drinks um, back in the day it was martinis. Like when I first started drinking, I just love a good martini, and I'm I love gin, so I got into that. And then if it's the right gin and tonic, I really like gin and tonics. What um, makes it the right gin and tonic? Um, I think it the tonic. Yeah. Usually yeah. is what makes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. Usually places have decent enough gin that it mm-hmm. and like and I like some of the gins you can find everywhere. Like Hendrix makes a great gin and tonic oh, yeah. with a little mm-hmm. cucumber and stuff like that. Um, not to get, uh, not to get too deep into it, but like my the favorite one I ever had though was in um, a bar in Cuba that was mm-hmm. this newer kind of Spanish style. It was in Havana and almost everywhere in Havana all we drank was rum because it's everywhere and it's great it's their thing. um yeah but there was some uh kind of a more spanish style uh bar gin bar that had opened up and my friend and i were skeptical but we went and it was great mm. and we just they, they made gin tonics and they had like caper berries in there and like nice. zested lime and lemon and all this different stuff and then we looked behind the bar and they were just using beef eater right and then making tonic from scratch yeah and they were making tonic from scratch but if you wanted to pay extra you could get Schweppes and it's because of the importing there because they because to get anything from that's funny imported cost so much money that Schweppes was worth money to them so like the quality product came out of just necessity, necessity to save a couple bucks yeah <laughs> and yeah because if you're gins that. beef and i actually like beef I'm it's, not, it's I'm, a decent like yeah you know it's, it's not the best but you know it's, it's not going to add any f- special flavor it's not going to ruin your to day it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so they make up for it with all the other things right mm-hmm. and, and that and that was kind of a, a maybe a lesson to me because i'd gotten really into expensive craft distillery gins mm-hmm. and and those are great but there's also if you have a bottle of beef eater you make up for it with nice tonic and all of that. Um, another great uh, drink that I had was uh, in New York one time, and there was this place called the uh, Gaslight a Cafe back in the 60s where, like, Bob Dylan first played. I think it was called the Gaslight. I may be getting that wrong. Um, and Bob Dylan and all these folk people played there, and it was down in the basement in Greenwich Village. And when I was out there visiting kind of a tourist mode, I really wanted to go to where this I knew, I knew it was closed but I wanted to go see it and it turns out that I did some research and they were like oh there's this fancy speakeasy that's there now and I was like oh great let's go get a drink there so my girlfriend and I went there and we go down into the basement and it's just sort of like there's nothing fancy about it it's just sort of this like kind of whitewashed and like black box bar and it's obviously catering to NYU college kids because they have like drinks that come in buckets and jello shots. <laughs> and we got a gin and tonic and it was just kind of, you know, it was obviously just from the gun. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. That's that maybe that place on Yelp closed and this is the new place. And as we're walking out, I'm kind of talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, it's such a shame that like this neat historic space is just kind of this party bar. And then all of a sudden I look to my left and I'm like, oh, we went in the wrong door. <laughs> this is the bar next to it. And the bar next to it was called the Up and Up. And it was a uh, speakeasy. And then so then I instantly feeling guilty about like uh, being snooty and talking poorly about the college Just bar. I'm like, oh, it's some snooty speakeasy. And I do the opposite. And yeah. I start instantly criticizing the snooty speakeasy that I'm like, you know, the folk guys, they, they wouldn't have wanted something snooty in here. They were men of the people. And we went, yeah. And so then I, uh, we get in there and the cocktail, I forget how much they are, but they're pretty expensive. New York like, prices. Yeah. $18, yeah. $20, something like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, we're sitting here and 
let's just give one a shot and I'm being really critical. And so I ordered this uh, drink called the time slip and it comes and I take one sip of it. I'm like, Oh, that's a really good cocktail. I'm like, that is an amazing cocktail. And like my girlfriend's was good. And then we ended up, even though they were expensive and we were planning on just having one and heading back home, we ended up having another round, which was good, but nothing was as good as this one drink I had called the time slip. And, um, yeah, it was just a frothy, perfect first sip. And then from that point on, it was fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, it's cool it, because we actually had you fill out a form for us um, to tell us what drinks you like. You know this because you did it. Um, the time slip was on there. I hadn't heard it. It was the only drink that you wrote on there that I hadn't heard of. So I, re- I was like, Peter, what? I mean, I could make those other two, but what, what, what's this other one? And so then Peter took some initiative, well, reached out. Yeah, along with your help, Travis, I was Thank able you, Travis. to. <laughs> you you were able to find the the creator of said drink, mm-hmm. and I was able to reach out to him on Facebook, and he responded to us. Do we have with, a name? Uh, Peter Hogan was actually the creator of said drink, and I reached out to him on Facebook. His name's so similar to yours. I know. I told him yeah, it's, you, have, you, have, you have a very strong <laughs> Peter name. Tobin, it's, Peter Hogan. It's, uh, <laughs> I knew there was something about you. <laughs> Uh, that just, you know, it's like the name reminds me of myself and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> if I can just put this together, I just take these two random pieces of pot and put them together. I get the guy's name. Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I reached out to him and he mm. was super excited, uh, that we are doing this podcast and more to the point, he was super excited that you love the drink so much that you had told me about it and that I was reaching out to him. So it's mm-hmm. like this big circle, you know, it's like, it just goes to show you how awesome this industry really is because, you know, you, one little thing that yeah. can snowball this whole big picture. And, and I mean, we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. and we'd never even heard of this cocktail. And, and Joey goes and I get him all the, 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 well, hopefully I make it. How to hopefully I make it, it right because I mean I tasted it at home a couple of times, and yeah, it, it seems it seems so. Like... So really, the drum roll is going to be. <laughs> can can I? Travis, uh, are you are you going to be okay with this drink? I well, mean, we're coming that's... up on one year anniversary of me having it. Okay, so so we'll see if I can. So match I think the, I uh... have enough taste memory to to remember that. Yeah. We'll see if I can match the, or at least get somewhat close to uh, what it. No. supposed to taste like um so that's our cocktail history this episode is it's kind of fun because we do a cocktail history every episode mm-hmm. we focus on a cocktail and then we i i do a deep dive in the internet and try to find like where that cocktail came from so this week was actually really easy yeah <laughs> because the cocktail came from a dude that's still alive yeah that never happens so <laughs> at least so far we've been doing classic yeah. cocktails and all that um 30 years from now someone will be like it was claimed to be invented yeah. by peter hogan yeah. in new york the but margarita. there's an alternate history that says that yeah we did the margarita Stubby last Jenkins time and there are like 50 different claims to the margarita so I mean, it was that was a little more difficult to yeah. than to actually have the facts know that the person's still breathing and can claim it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a fun drink. It's a it's a version of a sour. Um, and and his his big his big um, goal is to remove as much of the the syrupy sugar that you can and add it with a cordial. You know, add uh, replace sweet with sweet, but there's some sort of uh, spirit still involved, yeah. Um, which I I love. I love that as a as a cocktail maker because then you can just make stuff that's on your bar shelf. You don't have to dig around for different sugars mm-hmm. that are gonna be sticky and gross and all this. So, um, I guess these run be <laughs> amaretto gets sticky, but it's okay. It's still fun to use amaretto instead of simple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Let's. Uh, I, I kind of want to get into this one because it's a lot of fun. Um, did you think I was just going to start talking? I <laughs> yeah, I did. I re- I'm reading because I'm getting older, Peter. I need to get closer. Hold it up to your face. Shh, you it's... millennials may not understand this. As uh, as older generation, I have to lean in to the <laughs> screen. Like, I already took my glasses off, too. It's like an asshole. Just, I'm so in denial. No, it's, they're not even real glasses. They're just my glasses. It's, Readers. Stop it. Um, they're supposed to block the glare. He bought glare. them at 7-Eleven. They're blue blockers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> blue no, my, my wife actually bought them, didn't like how they looked on her, and then I tried them on. She said, those are good on you, so then I wear them now. 
I've always wanted glasses. You want, you want to try <laughs> a weird, yeah, where the child can fish. They're nice. They, they, they're no, they're not prescription. They, they actually help. Um, oh. They help when you're driving and stuff. They get they cut the glare back. So no, they really do eyes. do something. Yeah, sensitive yeah. eyes, like I, bright lights. I'm a bartender. Oh, bright like lights. LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. You're just wearing these for press conferences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, real quick, that's going back to the drink. It's that you mentioned. Yeah, the sour because. I didn't really think about it when I was drinking it, but mm-hmm. that's something I learned as a bartender that I didn't understand before is that like the original sour had like an egg white dry mm-hmm. shake mm-hmm. and it's fresh lemon mm-hmm. and a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. And just the difference between that and what you're first introduced to when the first time you have like a whiskey sour or something, yeah. it's just day or night and kind yeah. of the evolution. It's kind of like a margarita. I happen to like margaritas from mixes but i think that's nostalgia and things like yeah. that but if you have like a real true fresh margarita yeah. the difference is huge and same with this <clears throat> excuse me with a sour mm-hmm. like with like a dry shake of egg and all of that's like an entirely different drink and it's delicious for sure that's one of those questions that i still ask people it's, it's hard because usually you're like right in the middle of a rush and someone comes and orders a, a whiskey sour and then i'm like well is that with or without egg white? Yeah. And they're like, well, usually if they're, they're like, what? Then I'm like, okay, fine, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just go make it. And the, but if they say with, I'm like, oh, okay, duh, just give me like 10 minutes, all right? Because yeah. I got like 30 margaritas to make. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, when you work at a Mexican bar. Yeah, yeah but it's funny because I, um, there actually was one point in, in our history um, that I put um, an egg white cocktail on our menu. And what we ended up doing was, so fun fact, every egg white is one ounce, um, roughly. I, I, I always say that, and then I don't ever back it up with any kind of knowledge. But <laughs> On average, yeah, yeah. eggs differ. It's, 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 eggs do differ, but it's the yolk usually that differs. Oh, interesting. And the white is, is kind of remains about an ounce. So, I mean, you go to like duck eggs and large, large eggs and different size eggs, but I think like yeah. just a standard chicken egg is an, oh. it's a one ounce egg white. Um, and so that helps you with your recipe. And so what we ended up doing was um, separating egg whites and, and yolks instead of buying them, you know, we just because we already had the, yeah. the case. And so we had just a little squeeze bottle. And so you just squeeze out an ounce of egg white, throw it in the shaker, and then do a little quick little dry shake, and it saves you so much time. That becomes like a shaker. normal ingredient. Not yeah, a, but all the other bartenders hated it. Not I hate you for ordering it. <laughs> no, every, they all hated it. They all hated it. Well, well no, like, I'd say Three out of five of them hated me, so yeah. it was okay. I was and one of the because that means that they really have to wash the stuff yeah. after they're done making the cocktail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're they're and do the double strain. Yeah. Yeah. But it also like adds an element to your menu where you're like, oh shit, we're in a Mexican restaurant, we're drinking a drink with egg white in it. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So and, and it, it, it a makes second. a really big difference. Like, yeah. Big and if I ever made it, it tasted awesome. I can't speak to anybody else, but yeah. Well, it also probably have Peter Hogan feels. Yeah, right. It also weeds out the people who are like just there to pour. A beer or a shot yeah. or you know a quick Jack and Coke. As well, it, that's it's, it, it's a it, it, it splits those people from the people like yourself who wants to make a quality cocktail until know? it gets busy and then we dream of just pouring mm-hmm. yeah, and shots. <laughs> we regret our decision. shots and beers, beers and shots. Yeah. <laughs> on a Wednesday, fair enough. Yeah. On Wednesday at six, we're I only ever wanted to... on a Friday at nine. We're livid. I only ever wanted to make these one at a time and where I can take ten minutes and talk about it while I make it. Yeah. Like that's. That's how I want to make this drink. That's why on a Wednesday, mm. they're $6. <laughs> Where on a Friday and Saturday, they're, they're $20. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever done a lot of brunch, brunch, but there's in two separate jobs, I've done like a brunch or shift or two. And it's always like a snowball too, where mm. if someone orders a Bloody Mary, mm. which takes a lot of work, at least the places I work that do, see someone sees it and like, oh, I want that. I want, and the next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're just coming in and they're coming in not yeah. all at a time, but it waves. It's yeah. those pretty drinks that people see that yeah. they want. Yeah. We have one in a pineapple in our bar. It's oh. We hollow out uh, pineapples. That walks through the, the room and you get three more orders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, an eight, it's, a, it's a $20 cocktail because it's got a, an ass ton of rum in it. But... Um, that's a lot, right? Uh, that's actually a quantifiable uh, measurement. <laughs> it's an uh, ass ton of rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. has a lot of rum. Uh, look it up. On, it's uh, essentially two and a half cocktails. Facts.com. <laughs> In a pineapple. And so it's, or it's one fun. Long Island iced tea. Yeah, but you sell one, and then two minutes, ten, five minutes later, you're selling three more. You're yeah. like, shit. Like, they walked yeah. it through the dining room, and everybody wants one. <laughs> that happened once. We, yeah, two Ooh, people that? were there for brunch, and they were like, oh, like... We had Mexican hot chocolate, and we were wondering if you could replicate like a mm-hmm. uh, cof- coffee drink like that. Chocolate. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, I think I know what's in it, you know." It's in it. And so I went and I made it, and mm. 
Um, I knew the people, so to be cool, I like lit it on fire Ooh. and brought it to them at the bar. And they were really impressed, but then instantly everyone at the bar went, yeah. I want what they're having. Okay. And I was like, yeah. oh, God. Uh, <laughs> like, what an idiot. You why know, did I take so much time on that? <laughs> and you can't, and it, it's rude to say no at yeah. that point, right? It's yeah. like, now I have to do it seven more times. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when you. Those you, are only for my friends. <laughs> that doesn't go over very well with customers. <laughs> You look him dead in the eye, you grab the main ingredient, and you throw it in the trash and go, <laughs> we're, we're all out. out. <laughs> yeah, but then that's shitty service, Peter. Mm-hmm. And you got to take care of the customer because regulars are some of the most important people in your life. Joey, mm-hmm. it's called comedy. Look it up. I don't get it. Also, regulars <laughs> don't order drinks like that. No. <laughs> no. A regular is going to be in a shot. Your, in my experience. Your regulars usually look at the expression on your face when a drink is ordered, and they go, and oh, you don't like making that one, do you? Uh, <laughs> I'll want one of those. <laughs> that's that's when you know it's a true friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you hate doing that? Uh, give me I'll take four. Yeah, I had same similar brunch, no. brunch story is that I had these friends that used to come in, and I could tell when they were going to mess with me because they wouldn't sit at the bar. They'd sit at a table. And then that, you know, waiter or waitress, all of a sudden all, like it'd be four obnoxious drinks. It would be like a Bloody Mary, a Spanish coffee, like a gin fizz, which we I made with the egg for this breakfast and something else. And I'd just be like, oh, they're doing it like on purpose to mess with me. But I can't show weakness. <laughs> I'm making them all the drinks and they're going to be amazing. I'm right? just going to have to right? suck it up and do Cause it. Because then, the, then you know, like, they're going to have the best brunch ever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're going to they're gonna get these cocktails and be like, fuck. Travis is like, that guy's badass. Challenge accepted. Yeah. I'm like, this will sound really good when I'm on a podcast in five years. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold. Yeah. All right. That's fun. So, um, yeah, so... I guess the main comparisons I, I wanted to throw up again with this cocktail versus a versus a standard sour too, because it's a little bit different in his in his um, spirit balances. I, I, I always have Peter in my peripheral vision giggling at something. Yeah, well, just, it's, it's, you just described eight hours of my day. I know. Right? Every day. <laughs> it's like, what's he doing over there? Is he even paying attention to the world? It's and funny there's a wall that separates. It's us. funny because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, at any rate, though, like I feel like traditionally in a in a sour, you you go um, you go straight for uh, main main dose spirit, then you know uh, like a was it like an ounce of sour, whether it's lemon or lime or whatever you're using for your sour mix, and then mm-hmm. typically like a half ounce of of um, I'll do simple syrup just because it shakes easily. Um, and this one though, because he's we're taking the simple syrup out, we're getting rid of the sugar, um, we're getting rid of sh- the basic sugar i guess and we're adding a spirited sugar with the amaretto um and so since you need a little more of that to balance the sweetness we're going to go a little higher than a half ounce so it's in one and a quarter ounce of the um the amaretto and so since adding that much more volume would throw off our balances on the cocktail um <laughs> the it, it required them to find a, a high proof dominant spirit and so then we've got the the rum that that runs up at um in the 120 proof you know it's like 63 percent is how we said yeah 63 percent alcohol so you're able to use a little bit less of that and still get the same balanced cocktail with all the flavors and stuff which is kind of cool um i appreciate the lake work that uh that pete did <laughs> not you the other one <laughs> pete hogan pete hogan well on 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 pete hogan's behalf you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I speak for all Pete's. Yeah. And uh, the um, one of my favorite parts actually is, is the finish on the drink that, w- that we'll get to. But it's a, it's just a little spray of a peaty scotch on top, um, which I, I've used in cocktails in the past. Personally, um, we'll probably do those later. But um, I, I love an atomizer and I love like just kind of that subtle kind of thing that you can add with yeah. a really strong spirit. We. You know, we did our first cocktail we did was a Sazerac and we used uh, absinthe and azimizer. So, this is just using a peaty scotch to add um, that kind of smokiness on top of the drink and it builds another layer, which is uh, it's a lot of fun. So, I'm gonna make it now so we can all drink it and stop talking about it and then we can talk about it after we drink it. See how it tastes. <laughs> Sounds good. Want to watch Joey make the cocktail? Find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Life from the well. 
Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Ah, that is so awesome. good. It was really good. Like I said, I've been drinking it all week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a reason the bottle around me so low. Oh, I'm excited to do it. Because oh, I've been planning on figuring out how to do it for a year. Yeah. And now you did it for me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Love it. That's great. Sweet. All right. Cheers. 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 I forgot about the visual aspect of this. I would have shaved. Eh. We're gotten oh. in shape for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> Holy shit. Isn't that good? That is fucking delicious. That's a yummy one. Because you get like that smokiness, the peatiness right off the bat, mm-hmm. but it's just a it's soft. Just, it's just a soft thing on top. It's just a soft thing on top. I'll just stay with you. And you're almost like yeah, not expecting the creamy smooth. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like a warm it's, handshake at the door when you walk in. Well, it's like layers. <laughs> yeah, right. welcome, welcome. It's like a firm, here's something else. A firm warm <laughs> handshake, and then you get like this creamy. Here's the cocktail. Creamy mm-hmm. introduction, and then you also all of a sudden get that like sour on the on the after. That. But it, it, like I don't know, it's just that, wow, that's really good. Thank you for. Hey, way to go, Peter Hogan. You made a good ass cocktail. He doesn't even make. It's not even on their list anymore. But he says he keeps the ingredients around Mm -hmm. because he wants to be able to make anything. And honestly, if you have a bar, this is not hard to keep. The only ingredient that would be a little tougher is the yuzu juice. Yeah, but I imagine it keeps. Just for accessibility, but I mean, he's in New York also, so... Yeah, I was about to say, I mean... Yeah, you just refrigerate It's a huge juice. port city, so there's yeah. no way that they and don't have these juice. There's definitely Asian markets hmm? near the mm. That is freaking fantastic. Now, I do like that, you know, you, you do get that peaty um, warmness right there in front. Like, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're sticking your nose in there, you're smelling it, you're tasting it. Then you get that rich creaminess, that frothiness, and then... Sour is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's a good combination. Yeah, uh, he did a good job, and thank you, Travis, for uh, bringing this suggesting this drink. Yeah, know, there was 20 drinks on there. <laughs> I could have not ordered this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I walked away with a totally different memory of the place. Yeah. Although the other drinks I had were good, just this was my favorite and not even close. Like, and my girlfriend's too. We walked away just, and that was like a memory from New York, and I love like. Pizza, Rubens, mm-hmm. bagels and cream cheese and locks. And so, like, I just love going to New York and Getting eating healthy food. Like, like, habitat. Eating New York food. And this stood out. Yeah, and this stood out. That's awesome. Saw that, so. That's awesome. Well, cheers. Thank you very much for suggesting. And a uh, big shout-out awesome. to Pete Hogan uh, over in New York for uh, for creating this wonderful libation. And, Pete, if you're ever in Seattle, come see us. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we all took a drink at the same time sorry for oh, here's so the dear. most engaging part of a podcast yeah yeah <laughs> all, all of the taste taste and uh taste really comes through all of our guests like dickheads <laughs> <laughs> i want one all right life from the well i mean so at this point double you fist. Know, we've uh oh, go, go ahead from the well <laughs> at this point um in the show we you know we've 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 covered your resume so we've we've figured out where you started and, and some of your fun stories but uh what are what are some like really intense memories that you have like some of the the, the craziest and funniest or even the most traumatic or dramatic uh incidences you've ever had working as a bartender um i think I'll probably hold the more dramatic or traumatic ones in for now. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but actually, okay, here's, so here's one story that comes to mind. And for some reason, I always bring it up. And I usually bring it up as an illustration of um, how, how important it is when you work in a situation like that to have the support of the people you work for. And, and not just like financial support or business support, but also sometimes the situations can get a little, people get a little heated and you need to know, yeah, you need to know that if you're asking someone to Mm -hmm. leave, that the owner or manager isn't going to come in and try and make them happy. Mm -hmm. And there was a situation and it's, and this isn't an intense one. This is a ridiculous situation (laughs) where I was working at a bar and this group sat down and everything started out fine. And one of them was looking at the beer menu and he was 
asking like why we didn't have more Oregon beers on draft. <laughs> and, was, and you know, and like, and I love it. Like, I'm not like a total beer person. I love beer, but I, I get it. We all we all into our own things. I'm like, oh yeah, well we have a small draft list. And I'm like, we have Widmere, you know, Hefeweizen, and this is a bar in Washington. He goes, obvious choice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like we could have this conversation and be nice. And I'm like, well, you know, we're always open to new beer suggestions. We don't always get to try everything. And he named some uh, breweries, and some of the ones I recognized were like teeny really boutique Portland breweries. And I'm like, oh, well, listen, like, you know, like they don't all have distribution. Like it's difficult to get those things. Like I know, like I know that you love to get those at home, but we can't get them out here and moved on, took everybody's order, went on, came back and he brought it up again. And was just, was giving me the hardest time about like our, our limited. And we had like, I think seven or eight taps. We didn't have a lot. And he was going on about how we needed, how Portland beer is better than Seattle beer. This bar wasn't even in Seattle, by the way, but he was going on about this and just give me the hardest time. Mm-hmm. And finally he started to be kind of rude. I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm like, I apologize that we don't have what you're looking for, but this isn't Portland. We don't have these beers. And then he's got really rude and got really angry with me. He's like, I want to talk to your owner. I'm like, no, you don't. Because <laughs> I was the good cop and he yeah. was the bad yeah. cop. I'm like, no, you don't. We're busy. You don't want to talk to the owner yeah, manager. He's like, oh, me. are you worried about your job? I'm like, I'm not worried about my job. <laughs> <laughs> like, just about trust me. It, this is not that big of a deal. What kind of question? And so I'm finally like, okay. I'm like, all right, I'll go get him. And I felt really bad because it was busy. And my, you know, my friend and coworker was busy. But I went over, I'm like, hey, listen, this guy won't let it go. He wants to talk to you. He's like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, he's upset that we don't have more Oregon and Portland specifically beers. <laughs> and my friend's face was irate. And he went storming over there. And I had to cover for him, so I didn't get to hear the conversation. But next thing I know, they're yelling, and he's like, get out of my bar. He's like, get out of here. He's like, I don't, he's like, don't even pay. He's like, I don't want your money. Just leave. And the guy's like yelling. And and he's still yelling about Oregon beers as he's leaving, right? Like at this point, he hasn't even transitioned into, you're being rude to me. He's still so stuck on this beer. And then unfortunately, he backed into a car and him and his friends drove off. And we were legally obligated to call the police. Yeah. And we would anyways. Oh, yeah. right? And not because right. he was being a jerk, but because he backed into someone's car. And so I think he ended up getting in trouble. But more importantly, like while later as my friends walking back from this altercation with this person he's like we're never serving another organ beer in this bar again. <laughs> <laughs> and that might say, and, and you know and the person who did this was was never going to come in the bar again right, right. and then they, and um, I'll to show my knowledge, them. he never has there's probably other reasons than just this but uh that was just one where you don't realize uh like how specific your request might be, but if, but let it go. And this yeah, guy right. didn't let it, you know. And it was like we were totally willing to accommodate. I was interested <laughs> in it, but he just he. And the, so often the customer turns it into an aggressive situation yeah, when right. it doesn't have to be. Often I'm sure employees do it too. Like I'm not. Well, it's hu- that, humans interacting with humans, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we're not it's, always good at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. There's plenty of great places to get beer everywhere in Portland yeah. and everything like that. And we had great beers if he was willing to explore something outside yeah. of his norm. That just sounds right. like a guy who didn't really want to step out of his comfort zone. But he really wanted he, to bring his comfort zone yeah. on the road. He wanted us to he know to how much he knew about beer. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, that's cool, man. Like, I'm really impressed with your beer knowledge. But if you were, if you liked beer as much as you say you like beer, then being in... Washington, maybe you'd try some of ours. And if yeah, and if you were willing to engage in me with a conversation, not a one-way lecture. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because that's what every bartender and server wants is a lecture on. I'm yeah. pretty sure the beer history in Washington State goes back farther than Portland, so they should yeah. really be thankful that we They're both started great. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's just totally a culture. Fine. It's a yeah. microbrew culture that is just beautiful, and I love all the beer. The other one that is kind of like that that I noticed is that. Um, I've only ever had some beer. I've only ever had one kind of beer sent back for not being cold enough, hmm. and that's Coors Light. <laughs> and it's because they <laughs> the had that campaign, yeah. And and legend has it that the advertising department decided that that was their angle. They were going to be the coldest beer ever. Mm-hmm. But even in a pint glass, 
Like yeah. even without the Blue Mountains, it's the one that comes back for not being cold enough. Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting to me too. Well, it kind of falls into the same. It's funny thing. like the science behind that, if you think, right? Because the colder something gets, the less you taste it. Exactly. <laughs> so, With how, all due respect to your concert, I'm your, just, to mean, your sponsor, <laughs> Coors Light. No, that's just science, man. That's why people want ice cold martinis. Yeah. That's why, you know, the colder the drink is, like the less you're going to Yeah. Like It just becomes refreshing. White not wine fresh out of the fridge versus white wine halfway through the meal is a completely different grape. You know, yeah. a completely different thing you're drinking. And, and it's, it's, it's. People are so used to drinking Coors Light because they get it at the store and then they make it as cold it, to make the mountains blue, so they drink it at home. And they've seen, yeah, they've seen. And they go to a restaurant where we can't keep it as cold as that. Yeah. They've seen a commercial with Ice Cube with it ice like tray bursting yeah. through the studio. Yeah. We're like this tastes yeah. like shit. We're like, yeah, no shit, it tastes like shit. When you drink it at ice cold, you can't taste the flavors in it. Yeah. But now you're tasting what beer might taste like, and maybe you just don't like beer. That's yeah. what, that's why I tell people that don't like Coors Light. So could you sue? For false advertising. I mean, you see the guy, mm. the train coming through a mountain of snow and ice. You see the guys climbing That's the silver a bullet. mountain mm-hmm. of, uh, of snow and ice. And then they Those open the up Rockies. a door and they hand you a case of beer. Do you think you could sue for false advertising? But who are you going to sue? Because Coors <laughs> is passing the buck for the, the poor bartender <laughs> that has to make sure that the, the mountains the, are blue without freezing the rest of yeah, his ingredients. In <laughs> What's the advertisement you're worried about? <laughs> what are, what are you? How are you being misled? Because you think a guy's going to bring your beer from yes. the mountain? Yeah. He's going to bring. <laughs> he wants to reach into his through a magical door uh-huh. and hand me an ice cold beer that's, from forty five thousand feet. Up in if the a air. polar bear pod does not extend from Peter's refrigerator <laughs> with a Coors Light in it, he's suing. Wow. It's, I mean, it makes logical sense. Yeah. Do you think the, the and this podcast is inadmissible in that court case? <laughs> Do you think the draft horses should bring you your Budweiser? Yes, <laughs> goddamn right, they better. <laughs> well, fair enough. This is why we save the funny stories for the end of the show. Yeah. For, so okay, I can edit it. <laughs> like, and we only have one segment. <laughs> Well, yeah, that actually, you know, you, you, you talking about um, the, the last story and, and, you know, with, with people uh, causing drama yeah. at, at restaurants and bars and establishments. Bless Pardon you. me. Bless you. So My son. I actually wanted to ask a question. Um, what would you like to impart if you could, if you could sit? If you could sit down and talk to all the people out there in the world and say, and say, you know, hey, this is something I don't think you all know about the service industry. What would you want to tell people? What would you want to impart on people? I would, I think that if I'm talking to people who have never worked it, yeah, I would say that they have to understand that whatever situation they go into, that... It's okay as a customer to expect excellent service, but they have to remember that there's a lot going on outside of their table, whether it be someone's personal life, whether it be what else is going on in the restaurant. Maybe your server hasn't gotten the support they've gotten, all these different things. So it's okay to not be happy with it, but don't get angry. Don't get upset. Don't Mm -hmm. act like something is happening to you because you're out enjoying a meal or a drink out somewhere. And unless someone's downright rude or disrespectful to you, then it was just life and those things happen, you know? And I think that it's important for people to remember that it's a really difficult balance. And the thing that I learned quickly from um, serving that I don't think I got in any of my other jobs is that there's an almost an impossible balance of patience and speed where you have to be patient enough to be talking to somebody, listening to them and being present to them, but you also have to be ready to run off and do the next thing. And I think that whenever you have a, a bad server or bartender, it's probably because they've had to lean one way or the other. Hmm. Like either they have way too much time on their hands, so they're not they're moving slowly because they're sitting around gabbing too much, or they're too busy so they're not making eye contact or giving you some sort of personal recognition and i think that yeah for servers and people who are working it i would say just remember to keep balancing those two things and just eye contact and stuff like that and for customers in a bar just remember that 
if you're getting bad service, it's unfortunate, yeah, and feel free to um, react as you feel fit, but just don't take it personally and don't get angry because right. it's not, yeah, it's nothing to get angry about. 99% of the time it's not because of you. No, <laughs> no. And actually that's something that I remember I told and uh, a, 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 someone one time when I was working with them and they got really angry about a tip. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, like most people have a, a, a percentage that they've created in their head that they walk into the bar and restaurant with. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, some people vary to a degree and like, like I have a limit, like I only, I tip so much and then I, I'll go above and beyond if for some reason um, it's been great service. But I kind of have a floor and other people have a different floor. And if people seem to be having a good time and a great time, but they leave you a tip that you weren't expecting, it wasn't a reflection on you. That's just where they, with like their personal. That's their floor. Yeah. yeah. And, and cause it, it is, it seems absolutely nonsensical Sometimes when you're a server, the reactions, you get customers who are really rude to you, but then leave and we're obviously very happy mm-hmm. yeah. with the service and vice yeah. versa. You have people who seem really happy and, and then stop your manager on the way out and tell you what a horrible time they had. You know, so. Anybody who's spent more than three months in the service industry. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely it's just, right. It's random. Yeah. yeah. And so both customers and people who are working don't need to, don't take it personally. Sure. That kind of goes for all of life. Though. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Those are some profound words, and I mean that. So thank you. On on the service side, um, what would something that bartenders do necessarily that that like if 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 this was a training video and you were like, this is one thing that I notice isn't great more often than not, or just something that maybe you see. Um, I think. The, the biggest put off for me when I go into a bar or restaurant is when people start like, and I think this is very specific to certain areas. Seattle's one, sure. you know, where all of a sudden someone will start kind of giving you a lecture or a speech on something mm-hmm. before you've even gotten it, whether it be some kind of new craft gin or something. And it's kind of like they start, you know, bar splaining to you something sort of that's really like really yeah and and i think that and it's awesome to be excited about your job and to be excited about all these new liquors and all these new cocktails that they're digging up from the prohibition era and all mm-hmm. this stuff but don't try and impress me when you're a bartender <laughs> yeah right like don't try and convince me that you're cool or you know a lot um just give me what i want <laughs> you know <laughs> sure and if and if I feel like some if I feel like a Coors Light with a Blue Mountain and a shot of Evan Williams, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me why I'm wrong. Right. Yeah, just give yeah. me a Coors Light and an Evan Williams. Exactly. So it seems like the the, the big takeaway from both those criticisms or but constructives, I like to call them, is uh, is to really just pay attention to people in your life and yeah. and 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 don't just walk into a situation expecting someone to know you, yeah. especially when they're strangers. You know. It's uh you know take take a second and smile at someone and and uh, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe maybe hear their story for a second. Or yeah. Something, yeah. If yeah, if you like alcohol cocktails but you don't like people, mm-hmm. don't be a bartender. Yeah. Go work. Go work at a, a <laughs> yeah, distillery for sure, or go work at a winery mm-hmm. or be uh, you yeah, know a theater a brewery. Like work, work at a work at a club. You yeah. know a nightclub. There's where you a don't lot have to of things to or, do. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't work in a bar because mm-hmm. people want to talk to you. A neighborhood bar, you know, people so that's where people want to sit down and like they're lonely and they come in to hang out. And I could not imagine life. working at a um, nightclub. Like that would be it's so. It's a fun experience, it and is. it honestly gives you a chance to work on your speed. Yeah, you just focus well, no, on no, certain fair, aspects. Fair, of fair enough, game. but like, yeah. like I'm already partially deaf. I mean, like, oh yeah, you just read lips. You can't. <laughs> nobody hears anything in a nightclub. They're like. Jack and Coke. You're like, I think that's a Jack and Coke. Well, I'm like, just making the Jack and Coke and charge yeah. them $10. Do you I, like that? I might it, be, I might and be they don't care. My, yeah. I might be dating myself. As long as they here, get drunk. All, I mean, uh, all I can hear is... <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I can't do it anymore because I feed off of that energy. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you're done closing a nightclub you and you're done, it's like three or four. Yeah. And then you go back to a co-worker's place and then you're drinking and you're just up. And then yeah, you know you're going to bed. until six, seven o'clock in the morning. I've just gotten too old. Like... 
and like I know people my age do it, but like I've gotten too personally old yeah. to do that because if I do it more than one night a week, you've got other priorities in your I'm, life. I'm toast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you totally want to get other toast. shit done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but it's I, so much fun though. Right? It is a ton of fun to do it. Yeah. I think I think both of both of us can definitely agree with you. Your statement right there is just like at a certain point you're just like mm. I just I can't I can't go to bed at seven in the morning. That. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all done that. I mean, I used to, I used to like, you know, close my bar down and then I go to another bar, you mm-hmm. know, be, you know, the one off of Lake City Way or the one off of uh, 45th. I think uh, the Iron Bowl. I don't think that's around they're anymore. They're they, gone. they got shut down. I used to know the manager and a we couple can of actually say their name because they don't exist. Exactly. He was really cool and, and I'd come in and I'd have a few drinks and, and we'd have a great time and I'd help him close, but he'd be pouring me shots as I'm helping him. I'm literally like cleaning up, mopping, sweeping, putting uh, chairs and stools on top of tables and he's feeding Peter me shots. Peter put his stool on top of tables. And I, I wouldn't go home. Like, I wouldn't leave the bar until almost 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I'd go to his place, and we'd just sit and hang out for, like, three or four hours. And then he'd go to sleep, and I'd be like, okay, I think I can drive. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I just yesterday, I was I had lunch at a bar in Georgetown. And when I was done, I was I was stacking the glasses, and I was getting ready to bring them up to the well. And... The bartender's like, stop working. <laughs> she's like, I'm slow and I need something I to do. And, and like, stuff. I hadn't said anything to her, but That's she's funny. like, you obviously worked in a bar. Stop it. Leave. I need something to do. I was yeah. like, you're totally right. That's I'm out of here. My bad. <laughs> I well, is there any other service industry stories that you want to share at this moment? Any, any, any crazy okay, regulars? Yeah, this is <laughs> Give me something. So this is yeah. um, the f- first place I ever worked. Um, I was just bar backing. And the head bartender came up and was like, hey, like this regular, he likes to buy everybody a round of shots, uh, tequila shots. And it was like a corner L. And he's like, come on down. Like, he's, he's buying the staff a shot, too. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> And uh, kids don't do it. It's against Washington State. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not really legal. Don't it's, ever do uh, it. Yeah. North Carolina, you're fine. Here you're not. But And so we walked down. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's great. Like, And like he was introducing me to the regulars. And it was kind of like a start. And so he gives me a shot of tequila. And it was it was fine tequila. It wasn't bad tequila or anything. 100% agave. Uh, yes, 100% agave. Minimum. Sal, Salsa that, blue. That's Rosazana. the minimum. Pro, proper tequila. Agave. Yeah. 100% agave. And we all cheers. And I take a shot. And it was one of those things where it hit my upper esophagus and bounced right back up. Oh. Like it didn't even stay. And I just sprayed all the regulars on the corner of the bar. Just sprayed them all. And and they were just like, you're supposed to be a bartender. You're supposed to drink. I'm like, it just went down the wrong pipe. But there's nothing I could do about it at yeah. that point. right? So I just hung my head and walked back. Oh. Yeah. Went back to the prep kitchen for another <laughs> three months. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, don't drink while you're on the job because it gets out of hand. You make mistakes; it's a bad idea. I've also heard I and definitely you're to be don't bartender. spit it in your regulars' faces. <laughs> if you do. I've also heard you're not supposed, to, or I thought you were supposed to be a bartender before. And that's when you're not handling your alcohol so well. Yeah, you're supposed to be a bartender. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I make drinks. Yeah, I don't seventeen drink shots drinks. would put anyone on the ground. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That doesn't mean I'm immune. All right. Uh, last call, fuckers. No, that means uh, it's last call for alcohol at this point. Um, we're slinging shots. Cheers, Kelly. <laughs> Get it. Cheers, grandmother. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Everybody has to do it. <laughs> Let the audience home know I did not spray that in everyone's face. Yeah, as af- right after yeah. we talked about that, right? Well, this wasn't tequila. It was rum. Yeah. And it was probably like a time and a half stronger than that tequila you drank. So we'll see how that handles us. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that uh, we're making you some food after this. And we're using yeah. small shot glasses, too. <laughs> These aren't the two ounce pours. This is like an ounce, maybe. So it's all good. <clears throat> excuses, all right. excuses. So now at this point, we've done last call. We've heard your stories. Um, is there anything you're working on? Uh, promote yourself. What are you doing? Who are you? Where can we find you? Um, I'm actually, right now, I'm doing some catering for a company. And I work at a theater a little, but um, I don't think I have any. Uh, uh, no bars. Alcohol, yeah, no bars. No bar, no you currently. Stuff, yeah. No, that happens. You'll come back and yeah. tell but us. But you later. got an awesome dog. You're on Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. Check yeah. out uh, at Dog Baldwin. 
Dog <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. my dog. Are you it's retiring my, this year? It's my dog. Uh, he is not. Uh, pins and needles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's been retired. Yeah. Yeah, he sleeps about 15 hours a day. Oh, nice. How uh, old is dog He doesn't run very well. Dog. The shelter said they think he's five years old. Yeah. yeah. That's about how old he, my dog is. He's actually. a goofy dude. Nice. Oh. I've got I, Jimmy. He is not graceful. He, is, he does not tight corners he does not run good routes he can't catch in fact he doesn't see the item until it bounces off the ground so thank heavens his namesake was better than it's a good fumble recovery yeah Yeah, okay but if you run a nice neighborhood bar and you're looking for someone to come work a couple nights a week let me know hey there you go yeah there you go i didn't think of that earlier (laughs) from my resume right who knows who knows where this shit's gonna go right yeah people love us and if they right? don't, they will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I got to say that uh, I've met Dougie uh, several times, and he is a very handsome young man. He is. And he Square is just a, a total sweetheart. And uh, having worked with you for the past three years, uh, definitely give Travis a, a shout out. So Yeah. On at I'll Doug be back. Baldwin at Instagram. <laughs> at Dog Baldwin on Instagram. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, you will. <laughs> right. Travis, thanks so much for coming out. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. This has really fun. been great. Absolutely. Your yeah. stories have been awesome. And thank man. you for the great cocktail. Hell yeah, man. It's pretty I... fantastic. Yeah. It's right. uh, I think it was pretty close. I think you got thanks, it, you got as close as a year later can remember. <laughs> Good enough. You'd be proud, Pete Hogan, if you're listening. I'll take it. And hopefully uh Pete will come out and I'll get to make his drink for him and he can yeah. tell me how it tastes. So Yeah. That would be fun. Cool. Well this has been awesome. Um Well the check has been dropped. Out. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Join us next week for another new cocktail and guest.